There we go. So, most of you guys probably don't realize this, but I preach off of my iPad. And I also record each Sunday sermon on the iPad. It's, um, I don't know, it's just, it's been simple and easy and it works for me. But I have an iPad too. It's, I don't know, it's got a few years on it now. Like old people, it, it moves kind of slowly, so it takes me a few seconds to hit record and let it finally load up inside. So that's why I usually sit here and it's just like, okay, why is he just sitting there not saying nothing? Um, we're going to do something a little different today. I've been, um, we've been on a, an extended journey going through the Gospel of John, and it's been a whole lot of fun. And we find ourselves uh, um, in the middle of uh, chapter 17. And um, as I was preparing uh, this week, I, I went to the next verses. I think we're up to verse 6 or, or 7 and, and onward, and reading through it. And I just got to be completely frank and honest with you. wasn't feeling it. I mean, there are times I just sit there and, and you know, the revelation flows, the insights God gives me, and boom, boom, boom. And in just a few hours, I get it all done. And, and then there were those times where it's like, man, it's, I don't know. It's just not coming together. It's not fitting. And so um, in years past, as a younger pastor, I would just, I'd just bulldoze my way through it. Bless God, I said I'm going to do John 17, and we will have a sermon, whether or not I feel the presence of God on it or not. I got to tell you, we've had some of those Sundays where, you know, I just, I just worked my, worked hard, <laughs> um, and and came up with something, and then that Sunday, God shows up, and we never even get to a sermon. It's like, oh, why not just pay attention? And so, anyway, so I, I, I put John 17 aside. It's like, okay, Lord, what do you got? And then I, I had some, I began to get some insights into maybe some, some of what God wants to say for the next year. And so I put a sermon together about that, and it was pretty good. Nadine said, so how do you feel about the sermon? I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm okay with it. I said, I don't know. I, I said, I think maybe it's premature. It's, it needs more time in the oven. It's not done yet. So, but it's all I had. Until I went to bed last night, and then really felt like God began to speak to me a little bit more about just what he wanted to do today. So today's going to be different. And so we will take a break from, from John 17. Um, and yeah, so I felt inspired last night, and I got up this morning and put some stuff together. So today we're going to go outside the box. We're going to go a little bit, we've already gone a little bit outside the box of what a typical Sunday work looks like here, right? Um, we're going to go... We're going to color outside the lines of a typical Sunday morning and hopefully have some fun in the process. So let me ask a few questions. How many of you here can say um, that you've, you've um, experienced God communicating to you? One way, shape, or form or another, God was communicating to you, and in your heart you know it was Him. Wow, that's good. That's that's. More than what I expected. That's really encouraging as a pastor to hear that somehow God communicates and you get it. Um, you know, some, and there's lots of different ways God does that, right? We know he gets, it's biblical too. He can speak to us in a dream or, or a vision. Sometimes God speaks to us through our friends or he could speak, actually speak to you through your pastor or your minister. Sometimes God speaks to us via the circumstances of our life, certainly in his word. But there's all different ways that he can communicate, right? Um, I, there are times driving in the car, a song comes on the radio, and I begin to weep because the, the words of that song just touched my heart so profoundly, and the timing of it is so ridiculous is that, oh, you just know it's God. Right? 
And I think I've shared this story before. Some years ago, I'm in the shower, and I'm having a, I'm having a bad day. I'm having a bad week, a bad month, and I'm just crying out to God. I'm, I'm in one of those dark places where it's like, Lord, if you're really there, I, I need help. I need encouragement. And as soon as I step out of the shower, the phone rings. And I pick it up, and it's a friend of mine from church. He said, hey, Tom, God told me to, t- to call you up and tell you that he thinks you're doing a good job. Man, I about burst out into tears, right? I needed God to speak a word of encouragement to me, and a friend called up exactly then. Maybe you guys have had this experience. I feel a a nudge to, someone comes to mind, maybe it's been years since I've spoken to them, or maybe only weeks, and I'll pick up the phone and I'll give them a call, and they answer on the other side, and they're weeping uh, as they, they answer the call. Something's going on, and there was a need that they had, and I just responded to the, the subtle prompting of God, and it, and it blessed their heart. So there's lots of different ways that God can speak to us. I'm glad to see that, that he has spoken to many of you in those different ways. Okay, so on the other hand, I don't, not, this isn't to embarrass anybody, just to give me a sense of what the room is like. How many could say that you've really never had that experience where somehow... You knew it was God speaking to you. You've never had that experience, but you'd really like to. Is there anybody here? No? Okay. Uh, one last question. I've offered a, a workshop here. I call it a Spiritual Gifts Workshop. And I've done it a few times on the island now. I've done it, at, I've done it here. I've done it at Somerset Community Church. I've offered it at FaithWorks. How many of you guys have taken some or all of those classes? Okay, so just a few of you. That's kind of good. What I'm going to do today is an exercise that we do during that class. And, um, and the purpose of the exercise is to help you hear God speak to you. So hopefully before the day is over, everyone who's here will have had the experience of God speaking to you in a way that you understand. That sounds like a pretty bold declaration, doesn't it? But we'll see how it goes. Now this, this exercise is inspired by uh, Jeremiah 18. So let me, uh, let me read those verses to you. I think, I think we have a slide for them. Oh. So in Jeremiah 18, verses 1 through 6, it begins this way. It says, This is the word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord. Go down to the potter's house, and there I will give you my message. So... I went down to the potter's house, and I saw him working at the wheel. But the pot he was shaping from the clay was marred in his hands. So the potter formed it into another pot, shaping it as seemed best to him. Then the word of the Lord came to me. He said, Can I not do with you, Israel, as this potter does, declares the Lord? Like clay in the hand of the potter, so are you in my hand, Israel. Pretty familiar verses, right? The, the imagery of the potter and the clay. If you've been churched for any time period in your life, you're probably are familiar with that imagery. But I think this is so interesting, the way that God spoke to Jeremiah. Jeremiah is one of the major prophets in the Old Testament. And how does God speak to him? Right? The word of God came to him, and this is what God tells to the prophet. Go down to the potter's house, and there I will give you my message. So God has a message for the prophet Jeremiah, and what does he tell him to do? He tells him to go and observe a very natural, a very ordinary, a very common life 
activity in the culture, in the community in which he lived. I can imagine in Jeremiah's town, in his city, in, in, in this culture, there was probably potters, and there were probably blacksmiths, and there were probably carpenters, uh, maybe some other trades, maybe some vendors of, of different types of skins or foods or vegetables. There was a marketplace, and one of the merchants in this marketplace was a potter. So God didn't tell him to go to do anything unusual or extravagant. Go and look at one of the, one of the merchants in your neighborhood and watch what he's doing. Right? Go down to the potter's house. Not, nothing wild and crazy, nothing extravagant about that. And so verse 3 tells us that Jeremiah did, Jeremiah did exactly what God told him to do. He says, so I went down to the potter's house. And what did he see at the potter's house? Well, pretty much what you'd expect to see. The potter has clay on the wheel, and he's working that clay in his hands. Jeremiah also notices that as the potter is working the clay, something got messed up. It says it was marred, right? I, I've, junior high school, I think, I, I, it was the last time I had my hands on wet clay on a wheel. But certainly I can identify with messing it up, and, and somehow it gets marred, right? Not, not always an easy thing to work with. So it gets messed up, and the potter reforms it into something else. It's the prerogative of the potter to do that. So as he watches a normal activity in the midst of observing, because God told him to, God speaks to Jeremiah metaphorically through what he's observing. He sees a normal, ordinary, everyday activity, and in the midst of observing it, like God is often like to do, he speaks in the language of analogy, he speaks in the language of metaphor, he speaks in the language of simile. And so, metaphorically, God spoke to the prophet Jeremiah by observing what the potter was doing with the clay uh, in his hands on that wheel. Right? So, in ver so verse 5 says, this is after he's watching, he says, Then the word of the Lord came to me. After he did what God told him to do, then the word came to him. It says, can I do with the, to you, Israel, what the potter does to the clay? It's so interesting. And so we're going to do the same thing this morning. We're going to do just that. And so and we're going to put this in God's hands. And you're free to participate or not. It's certainly up to you. Um, so Lord, be with us right now. Fill this place with your spirit. Lord, Paul prayed for the church at Ephesus that they would have the spirit of wisdom and revelation yes. to know you better. Lord, would you give us here this morning at Charlottetown Vineyard the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that we would know you better, that we know your heart better, your mind better, your ways better. Do it, Lord. Now, Lord, I pray that you give us eyes that see and that you would... Uh, for each individual, that you would guide and direct these next moments. And Lord, I pray for my friends that, that you would highlight something, anything, an object in this room, any object, that you would highlight it to their attention. Let something in this room, let some image or some object in this room capture their attention. So now do that. Look around the room and see, see what just sticks out to you. What stands out to you? I encourage you to go with your first instinct. If there's some, something, anything in this room, anywhere in this room, 
and you look around, it's like, oh, I don't know why, but so-and-so is such and such a thing is really sticking out to me. That makes sense? Instructions clear? All right. Does everybody have something? Anybody need more time to let something in the room capture your attention? All right, you need another second or two? All right, Lord. Help my brother. Let something capture his attention. Okay. Now, let's pray this. Lord, I pray for my friends that you would speak to them about them through that object. Speak to them about them through that object. So I learned this exercise. So you can multitask right now. Listen to God. You listen to me. I'm not God. You listen to God. Listen to me. A friend of mine years ago, his name is Doug Addison, came to our church and was teaching a seminar. Did this exercise for the first time, and he tells this story. The first time he did this, he said the Lord highlighted a pencil to him. But the pencil was kind of dull. It wasn't sharp. And the Lord told him, he said, Doug, I'm going to use you to write. He says, but I need to sharpen a few things in your life first. This was probably a decade ago. At that time, he had not written any books. I think he's, he has since written four or five different books. He went through a season where God was sharpening up a few things in his life, and then he used them to write. Isn't that interesting? Kind of like a potter in the wheel, right? My friend Doug in a pencil. So God can speak to you metaphorically, symbolically, parabolically, through anything in this room. So see what he has to, what does God have to say to you about you? Lord, I pray that you would speak life to my friends. Something that's positive. Something that's encouraging. Something that builds them up. Edifies them. Now, you can trust God. In Luke chapter 11, verses 11 to 13... This is what Jesus says. He says, which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who have asked him? Right? Now we've asked God for the Holy Spirit this morning, and that he would speak to us through his Spirit. We can trust that he'll give us good stuff. He's not going to give us a scorpion. If we ask for an egg, he's not going to give us a snake if we ask for fish or a stone if we ask for bread. He's a good dad. Right? He, he's not going to let a demon speak to us when we ask the Spirit of God speak to us. Isn't that a pretty good application of those verses? So we can trust that he'll speak to us. Frankly, I have more faith in God's ability to lead me than in the enemy's ability to deceive me. I think God's that good. I think he's a good dad. Now I encourage you to be nice to yourself. 1 Corinthians 14.3 says that the one who prophesies speaks to people for their strengthening, encouragement, and comfort. 
God speaks something to you, because you're people, <laughs> let him speak something to you that will strengthen you, encourage you, comfort you. So is anybody who brave enough that would like to share what was highlighted to you and then what was spoken to you? Jill. So um, you're, you're talking about the, the, I guess it's a brownish color that's painted along the room there, and then below it, that little box on the wall, the white box, yes. that's what stuck out to you is the white box. Yes. Oh, cool. What would you see? And what did God speak to you about through that white box? I don't know. <laughs> I'm not sure either. It's a cover for something, it looks like. Anything else? Yeah. But it's not. But it's not. Yes. Yeah. And so the part that you got was that all oh, that box is easily overlooked. And what was the other part? Unimportant. And seemingly unimportant. Right. And so I think there's more that God would have to say to you, right? That you you are not unimportant. And that you are not overlooked, that you are and significant in his sight and that his eyes are on you and that he knows who you are and he knows where you are and that he loves you with a great and lavish love. That's what I would add to that. Yeah. Does that feel right to you? Was that the spirit of what you were sensing when you seen it? The part that I added? I had nothing else. Okay. Well, then I'm happy to add the rest. Yeah. Good for you. Thanks for sharing. Anybody else like to share? Go ahead. Barry, my brother. The, the picture of the, of the, on the screen of the clay with the potter's hands on it? Yeah, I think God just said to me that there's many people in here who's going to shape the way he wants them to be So your sense when you looked at that picture is that God said to you that there are people here and they are like the clay on the wheel. His hands are on them and he's molding and shaping them according to his plan and and his purpose. That's good. Thank you, Barry. Awesome. Anybody else would like to share? Yeah, Steph. You looked up and you saw uh, some of the, the can lights in the ceilings. They have a, I don't know, this red film kind of taped over them. Only not all of them, but some of them do. And that's what what caught your notice. And and uh, and the sense was that uh, there's something significant. There's something um, uh, bright that's underneath this outer coating, this this outer layer, and that somehow r- relates to you. Okay. So. He, I, I would I would say this. So I've put lots of years of practice into understanding metaphorically, parabolically what God's trying to say. So I think he's saying there, there's a light deep inside of you and there's a lot more uh, to be seen 
than just what's on the outside. I mean, nothing wrong with the outside. I like red. red red's great, right? But there's more light inside of you that, that shines through than just you know, what you could see just on the outside. Yeah, cool. That's awesome. That's pretty encouraging, right? That's good. Anybody else want to share? I guess I'll say something. I'm terribly analytical, so I saw the similes in what we were talking about and not the metaphors. Mm-hmm. But before anybody mentioned light, and before Jill mentioned light, I saw light coming from the east that was lighting up the whole room and shining on that wall over there that mm-hmm. Jill had mentioned. So mm-hmm. it's like it just brightened up the whole room. Right. So you saw a light coming from the east, and it, and it brightened up the whole room. That's good. Now, I, that would make me wonder, is there somebody or something that's going to come somewhere from the east that's going to wind up being a benefit, it's going to brighten the place, there's going to be more light as a result of this thing from the east coming? That sounds pretty good. That's awesome. One more, maybe? Somebody else want to share? Because we're going to get to do this again in a second. Told you we're gonna color outside the typical church box this morning. Go ahead, Jeff. Uh, I was drawn to the fire extinguisher, ah. and uh, if fire broke here, my instinct would be to go to the fire extinguisher and put it out. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the Holy Spirit is fire, mm. and I might have the same instinct to use that fire extinguisher on the Holy Spirit because it's uncomfortable and mm. whatever. But maybe I should. Wow, that's interesting. So you saw the fire extinguisher, and you're, you're, you're obviously, you know, what's the purpose of a fire extinguisher to put out fire? But you realized in this instance, the fire is the Holy Spirit, and thinking maybe even if it's even if it's a little outside my box, it makes me a little bit uncomfortable. This is not a fire I want to extinguish. That's good. Very cool. Anybody else? The tree over here? What did that say to you? Well, grafted into the branch, like where the branches. Jesus is the vine. He's the vine, and we're the branches. That's good. That's awesome. So you guys got a, a sense of how this is supposed to work? Okay. So let's do it again. Lord, give us eyes to see. Let's stir up the gifts of your spirits. Revelatory, prophetic gifts, stir them up today. Let it be fun. Take off, the, take off the burden, the pressure to perform. Take that off our shoulders. This is supposed to be fun this morning. This is just practical fun. Now, Lord, I pray for my friends. Highlight something, anything in the room. Something, let it capture their attention. Everybody got something? Okay. Now it's a, a different question this time. Now ask the Lord to speak to you about our church. Lord, speak to us about the Charlottetown Vineyard through the item, metaphorically through the item that captured our attention. Speak to us this morning. About our church. What do you have to say about us? <clears throat> what do you got, Brian? 
Well, I, I got it earlier. I didn't, I didn't say it first, but I'll say it now. I see the RCF on the speaker. Uh -huh. It says RCF, and I just look at those letters. And then these words, um, the words rise, climb, and then fall. Hmm. And I'm thinking, like, rise up, climb, and climb to me speaks of seeking God, not possibly, but seek Him. Mm -hmm. And then you climb, and then in the end, you just fall and trust. Mm -hmm. So you, you saw the... That's good. So you saw the speaker, right? And there, there are three letters on the, on the face of it there, and the letters are RCF. And to you, that spoke rise, right, climb, and then fall. And your sense for the fall, it was more like like falling into... So just to trust Total him. Trust. trust him. That's good. That's awesome. Thank you for sharing that. I could see how that could apply to any individual, yourself, or to the church as a whole. That's good. Anybody else? Tom? Well, I saw the, the white uh, feet on the bottom of the chairs. Uh -huh. Very, very bright white up in the front here, anyway. Yeah. And um, it was darker around message was that, well, the, the song, one of the songs talked about the bones, Ezekiel, the valley of bones, yeah. rising up, right. and how Israel had hope in God, uh, or that the prophet was telling them that God was going to restore them, mm. and then I saw that, and it's kind of like that is the hope in the middle of all of the darkness around, is mm. that God is restoring in the middle of the darkness that wow. is that's awesome. Isn't it interesting? God points out something that's innocuous, something maybe not everyone else would notice, but Tom did. There's little, there's little white pads at the bottom of each of the chairs, and and around that is is something that's black. And he could see the the light in the darkness. He could see the the, the white in the black, and saw that as, and he and in Tom's mind, and I certainly understand it. It reminded him of Ezekiel and the dry bones that could come to light. Can these, can these bones live? Right? That's good. That's awesome. How encouraging. It's a good word for our church. Yes. Your hand up in the back, babe. Yep. My lovely bride. <laughs> An orange basket. Well, it wasn't necessarily the colors. Mm-hmm. Wow. And the, you know, the Holy Spirit, and yeah, we're one piece. Wow. Yeah, that's good. So you saw the basket, and in case everybody couldn't hear, and there, there's two different types of material, and uh, this basket is woven together, and, and you saw the, the two pieces being woven together. One is our church, and the other is the presence of the Lord, and as they weave together, it, it, they become one. That was good. Very good. That's cool. Yes, Molly. I see the over that speaker. There's a circle in the top speaker. Right. And I see what looked like the Star of David. Mm. And it just represents a 
felt like it was this church is going to be a way for the nation. Well, so you looked at the speaker, and there was a circle, and remind you of the star David, and you knew that we would be a light for the nation. That's good. A speaker can certainly portray that, right? It's a, get a voice that's loud. That's good. That's encouraging too. Somebody else? Steve. Coffee maker, yes. I'm feeling anointing on that already. <laughs> I got a sense to keep the coffee on. They're coming. Ooh, keep the coffee on. People are coming. Oh, that was good. I got goosebumps when you said that. That's a good word, man. So good. See, I love that, right? little practical little thing. Oh, that was good. Ray, you had your hand up? Wow. Like, you see what you got? Right. And so you saw the hanger on the other side of the yeah, room over there? Yeah, on the coat rack there. And right. And there's nothing on it. That's right. That was good. And said, you know, Lord, why this? I could see, because you, you could see right through it. It's transparent. Yeah, transparent. Crystal clear. Crystal clear. Nothing to hide. That's good. That's a good word, too. I like hearing that about our church. Anybody else? Because we're going to do this one more time. Carolyn. No plastic leaders in our midst. Trees can represent leaders and that there are no artificial leaders in our midst. Thank you. I, I think that's really good. All right, let's do this one more time. We'll do it one more time and then and then we'll finish. Now, like I said before, in 1 Corinthians 14.3, the guidelines are to strengthen and to encourage and to comfort, right? So let's, let's bear that in mind. Lord, highlight something in the room to us, anything. Lord, let something capture our attention. Let it be by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit. Let something capture our attention. Lord. I'd like you to sing another song before we go. I will sing another song before we go, absolutely. I have one already planned. <laughs> let something capture your attention. Everybody have something? I'm going to stretch you a little bit the third time, right? We get a couple of times, warm this up a little bit. Anybody need more time to see something? All right, third time. Ask the Lord to speak something positive, something encouraging, strengthening, comforting for somebody else in the room. Do the thing that he pointed out to your attention. Let me give you a positive word, an encouraging word, a strengthening word. Right? We want to, if you get something that's negative, please don't share it. We'll just, just use that for personal intercession for that individual. If you get something that's positive, something that's encouraging, something that will be strengthening to them, we'll give you an opportunity to share that if you want to. Just speak to us, Lord. By your spirit. Speak to us on behalf of our friends. Those who are here with us now. Anybody feel like they got something they could share? Thomas. Yeah. I, I'm sitting here and I'm sitting sort of behind Angie. Mm -hmm. And uh, 
I notice she has what is the stylish look in jeans when <laughs> parts of you poke, poke through. <laughs> and uh, it's not my taste. <laughs> <laughs> but the Lord, was, the Lord was saying to me that showing through Angie's outside is her heart and oh. her, her inside. That's awesome. And that is a, a tribute to him. Wow. What a good word. And so the, the word, if you couldn't hear, um, uh, Tom is sitting behind Angie, but he could see from from where uh, she's sitting that the style of clothes she has on is there's a rip in the knee. And, you know, Tom and I are probably more from the same school of fashion, and Angie's quite a bit younger than us. And so, But this is what the Lord spoke to her through the, spoke to Tom about Angie through the rip in her jeans, was that what's on the inside of her shines through on the outside, that her heart comes shining through. And boy, that's the truth. That's an encouraging word. That's good. Thanks, Tom. Anybody else feel brave? Jill. I don't know what those little things look like, round things like from the far end of the top. Sprinklers. Are they sprinklers? The metal pieces sticking down? Yes. Yeah, those are sprinklers. Okay. Good. <laughs> good. That's good. That's good. Do you, have, do you have a sense that it was for any individual or just for us as a group? Yeah, so that was good. To, that's an encouraging word. Okay, so if, if fire gets out of control, right? fire is not a bad thing, right? You've heard me say this before. Fire in the fireplace, right? Warm up the whole house. Fire on the living room rug, burn down the whole house, right? So fire is not bad. It's just it's to be used appropriately. And so this is an encouragement to us as a group. There are sprinklers in place. And sometimes I feel like that's my job. If the fire gets out of control, then it's my job to, to lovingly nurture and pastor it so that the whole house doesn't burn down. Right? That's a good word. Thank you, Jill. Anybody else? You have something that uh, you have an encouraging, positive word for somebody else in the room? Angie. I have one for Kaylin. For Kaylin. Mm-hmm. And there's a little wrapper um, on there, and there's a kink in the uh, wire. And I feel like God is saying that He has you marked out and labeled for a specific journey. Um, and there's some downloads that He's going to give you, and that you're connected to the power source. Cool. So you saw the power cord that's connected to the laptop, and that, and that, that's what, that's what you are. You're connected to the power and created for a very specific purpose. And there might be some kinks in the in the cord to work out, but it seems like that's all. You've been labeled for a specific purpose, and and that's what's gonna that's what's gonna happen. You connect. You're connected to the power. That's awesome. Good word. Anybody else? I got a corporate word for all of us. Tom. What do you got? Mm-hmm. So I was looking around the room, I seen the light overhead here, it just seemed to illuminate. 
What does it say? Second Peter one nineteen. We also have the prophetic message as something completely reliable, and you will do well to pay attention to it. Hmm. As to a light shining in a dark place until oh. the day's dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. Oh, that's a good word. So right. So we have a. We have uh, the prophetic in our midst as, as a light in darkness. That's good. Awesome. Very good. Maybe maybe one more, Jill? I would like to amend what I said. Um, what's the fire on? Mm-hmm. It's restoration and it's for the group. Uh-huh. And it's, the, the sprinkle that you see was also as water would come as restoration for the, for the whole group. That's good. Awesome. Very, very good. Anybody else? One more? A word for somebody in the room? Uh, I have one, I believe. Carolyn? Um, Joanne, um, I think the Lord spoke to me <laughs> for you. Um, I'm looking at what you wrote in the book. Mm-hmm. And it's about the Good. Thank you. Awesome. That's a good word. Did you have something else up front here? Yeah. What do you got? <laughs> Listening to everybody talk about the fire extinguisher and the, the <laughs> sprinklers. <It's pretty> <laughs> the stuff is just. Whew. <laughs> I feel like. Oh, God, give me grace to get this out. I feel like struggling for new words here. Um, Some of our um, some of us might have some I'm struggling with some sickness. Let me put it this way. I'm struggling with some sickness and you don't know you're sick until the doctor points it out to you. You know, you can be thinking that you're healthy and normal and until um, the doctor points it out to you, you don't realize that you're sick. And I feel like that's a word kind of for the church in general and for us is that sometimes we have some sickness in our lives that distorts our image of the Father and um, he's going to be pointing some of this out to us in this, in this season. And that um, some of us, for whatever reason, maybe because of um, physical sickness or heart sickness or whatever, that our hearts have grown cold to the Father, have grown cold, or our faith has grown cold, and that <laughs> and that He's just about to turn up the fire in this place. He's going to release fire in a new, passionate way. We're mm. just going to increase in passion to him. Wow. Fire is coming to the fireplace and we don't need the fire extinguishers. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. So Angie was was taking note of the fact that some people seem sprinklers and some people seem fire extinguishers. 
and that um, and you know I think um, and that we're not going to need to use them. That the fire is coming, we're not going to need to use them. And so uh, you know I would I would add this to that. For those of you who are new to fire, the fire of the Holy Spirit. For those of you who are new to um, the fire of God showing up in our midst, be aware that in in this community, in in where God has housed us and who He's made us to be, there there's all the safety equipment in place mm-hmm. to make sure that if fire breaks out, it's not going to burn the house down, and people are not going to get hurt. There's fire extinguishers, there, there are sprinklers, there's there's everything we need to be prepared to receive fire. And that's a good thing. Okay. Uh, just on that fire piece, Tom, God spoke to me several times this morning on that as well. And you referred to the Hebrew, Hebrew boys earlier um, when they were put into the fire. Mm-hmm. And they were put in the fire because they wouldn't submit to false worship. Um, and um, the only thing that happened to the three Hebrew boys was the fire came to burn the ropes. And I think we need to just rest in that and That's off good. Yeah. Jesus was with them in the fire, so I, I just we want to bring that scripture forward. Sure. Significant this morning. That's that good. The fire is coming to <sighs> yeah. So Carolyn's making the point that earlier uh, during worship, and I didn't know, I had no idea what direction this exercise would take. Right? I couldn't possibly know. But during worship, I made reference to Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the fire. And, she, and Carolyn makes the good point that when the fire of God is there, the only thing it does is it burns away those things that keep us bound, those things that restrict our freedom. And so that's good. Lord, do it. Let the fire come and let it burn up all the ropes that would keep us bound and keep us from being free. So uh, this is great. You guys did awesome this morning. But I really appreciate participation. Felt a little risky taking a chance to do this, but you guys did awesome. Now, let me encourage you with this. You can do this exercise anywhere and at any time. What if for the next week or the next month, if once a day you said, Lord, bring something to my attention? And then he, and it, something captures your attention. Say, and then say, Lord, now speak to me. Through this thing, he might speak to you about you. He might speak to you about a loved one. He might speak to you about some circumstance you're in. I'm just trying to give you, everybody wants God to speak to them. Sometimes we just need a handle. We just need something to hold on to to help us get on board. We need some practical instructions to help us do this. I've done this thousands of times. My brain is already wired just to know these, notice these things and receive from him. But in the beginning, I just took the little steps I, I walked you through. right? So if you walk to work, God could pick something out and bring it to your attention. I can remember I used to drive. One of the places we lived is like an hour and 20 minute drive each way to work and home. I say, Lord, speak to me on the drive. right? And then somebody's license plate would, would you know, Remind me of a scripture verse, or a truck would go by, and what was painted on the side of the truck, right? God would use that to speak to me, or or whatever it was. He can do it. He's so big. He's so creative. So there are different, practice this. Take a few minutes each day um, in the middle, and you could do it anywhere, at your desk, at home, on the job, playing, whatever it is. Lord, speak to me, and see if 
your, your bandwidth to receive from, from him doesn't grow. So let's pray. Lord, <clears throat> you said that your sheep will know your voice. You said that, Jesus. You said that your sheep know your voice. Jesus, make us more acquainted and more comfortable with your voice. Speak to us in ways that we recognize as you. Speak our language, O oh God. Make your voice louder. Make it clearer. Let it flow with more freedom. Let it be life-giving. And, and let it build us up and let it encourage us, Father. In Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. Amen. Amen.